Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To all old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. Please adjust your settings by checking the three dots menu at the top or along the bottom row until you find a wheel icon and then choose the words advanced or higher quality and push your video up to the highest available resolution that you have on your device. I'd like to welcome everyone who newly started following the channel. Thank you for joining this ministry. And I'd like to thank all those who have still been following since I started. Today, I have a very strong word from the Lord. As always, by now, if you are not a total stranger to the channel, you know what to expect on the Master's Voice. I am currently in the Sin series where I am looking at the charges, which means I am going through the different things that God says the nation of America should take heed to. So these are the things that America does that caused her to depart from her golden cup in the hand of the Lord status. Things that the nation has embraced, not only now in our modern culture, but progressively over time until we've come to a place where God can no longer deal with the things he can no longer be silent he can no longer turn aside his eyes from the things that america is guilty of doing and because of this this prophecy came without warning i must say it's a very strong dream that i received from the lord and i have truly prayed in my heart that i will be able to do it justice the title of this word that is part of the sin series is called chop down the tree and I received this on July the 21st, 2021. The banner scripture is this. And the tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight of it to the end of all the earth. And this is Daniel chapter 4 and 11. The other scripture is this. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed that there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. And he cried aloud and he said this, chop down the tree, cut off its branches, strip off the leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts be driven out from under it and all the birds scattered from its branches. And this is the same Daniel chapter four, verses 13 to 14. And so when I received this Lord, the, this word from the Lord, it was in the middle of the night. I think maybe it was sometime between 2 and 4 a.m. And I would have put it up earlier, but for time. Those of you who are familiar with this blog would immediately recognize the title because the words chopped down the tree are, uh, are an analogy that I use on the master's voice very, very frequently. I refer to this analogy all the time when I'm delivering these messages from the Lord. And the phrase chop down the tree is basically part of Daniel chapter four, where King Nebuchadnezzar was so hard hearted and so stubborn and so proud that God sent a dream to try and save him from the inevitable punishment that was coming his way. This was such a proud king and he had every reason to be proud in human terms because he was so wealthy, he was so powerful and his empire stretched throughout the known world. When one man holds that kind of concentrated power, it can be extremely hard for such a man to be willing to hear the counsel of others around him who are wise. It can be extremely hard for such a man to imagine himself capable of being touched by the suffering and the downcast 
sudden events that capture other poorer and weaker men of less influence in the net of life. And so because King Nebuchadnezzar could not hear, even when he was warned by Daniel the prophet, his judgment came to pass. A decree was made in the heavens and it was said, chop down the tree, band it about with a band of iron, scatter the wild beasts from under it, and basically let his punishment as prescribed by the Lord come to pass. So if you are in any way familiar with the master's voice, then you will know that this phrase chop down the tree is something that I refer to often as I bring the Lord's words here on video and in written format. Chop down the tree is basically saying that the Lord has been giving you an opportunity to repent. The Lord has been giving you an opportunity to turn back your feet and you have absolutely refused to turn your feet from the way that you were going until there is no choice but for the Lord to bring the judgment that was intended against you. And so here is the dream that I had. In the middle of the night, I dreamt that I was walking on a road. So I was walking on a road that was just a, a dirt road. There were not a lot of trees or anything like that. I was just walking on an open dirt road and I was with other people. I wasn't with other people as if we were together. So there was a very clear sense of separation in this dream. Everybody that was on this road was headed in the same direction, but we were not together. We had space between us and everybody was really contemplative. Everybody was really deep in thought as we were on this road. So I, I understood that every person on this road was going in the same direction, but we were all on a separate journey of life. And all of a sudden, a bright light shone on this road, a very, very bright light. So this dream was very similar to Paul's Damascus experience, where he's walking on the road and suddenly a bright light shines from heaven, surrounds him, and a voice talks to him. As we were on this road, a very bright light, light so bright that the individual rays of it were shining down from heaven like this. I could see each ray and the light made the daylight pale by comparison. This light shone all around us and a voice cried out from the heavens with such great strength and energy and power. And it said, chop down the tree. And when I heard it, my heart seized because as I said, I have spoken these words so many times as I come bringing the prophetic word of the Lord. And as I remonstrate with America, the nation of America and all nations really to come back to the true worship and the true pursuit of the master who is the Lord God, the Lord Yah and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I heard these words, I thought immediately of Daniel four and without thinking because of the way I constantly render it on the blog, I said, band it about with a band of iron, because I always teach about the band of iron when I share the, the, the cautionary tale of King Nebuchadnezzar. But the voice said, no. So when the voice said, chop down the tree, I stopped in my tracks and I called back, banded about with the band of iron. But the voice said, no, listen and record my words. Chop down the tree, pull it up by the roots, cast it into the sea and it will be no more. And I was shocked and I said, oh no, 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 Lord. No, that's not how it's supposed to go because that's not how it went for King Nebuchadnezzar. 
But the voice said, record my words. There will be no band of iron. And then the Lord said this to me, the land of America will be destroyed, uprooted and removed. My face will see them no more. My eyes will behold them no more. Ask Vashti, the queen, just as it was decreed. And following that decree, she was put out of her husband's presence, out of the palace, never to return or see his face again. Ask Pharaoh, the king, for his stubbornness before my servant and his refusal to release my people. Moses said to him, you shall see my face no more. The next thing that happened, Egypt lost people like flies until Pharaoh thrust the Israelites out of his nation. In the same way, I will remove America from before my face. My face shall see them no more. The land of America will be submerged. It will go under the sea. It will sink like Atlantis and they shall see my face no more. I will drown them, and by doing so, I will wash away their sins and abominations. For this is a nation that tests the Lord. Now in the dream, I was still walking, and the light was traveling with us as we walked. And I was listening intently to everything the Lord was saying and remembering it. But I was very worried as I was hearing the Lord speak to me, and I was seeing this bright light, because nobody who was with me showed any sign that they noticed anything amiss. They did not hear the voice and they did not see the light and they did not notice or were not aware of anything God was telling me. Then the dream changed and I found myself at a TED talk. So I recognized the setting of a TED talk, the red and black background, the projector screen behind me and that curved seating that they have for the audience. And I found out I was the speaker, but I was very nervous because I had absolutely no idea what I was about to be talking about. I didn't know what the topic was. And so my name was called and I came out and I sat on that very high stool that speakers sometimes choose to use. And I was about to confess to the audience, I don't actually know what I'm, why I'm here. When all of a sudden my mouth opened and a voice came very confidently out of my mouth. And this is what I said. I said, welcome to the presentation of the end of America. I'm so glad that you could be here because I have a full lineup for you today. Let us begin. America began as a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, a land of opportunity, a land of hope and the promise of a new beginning for all. But sourness soon appeared in her founding history. She murdered people. And in this dream, the projector that was behind me had its own life. So I had, I didn't have a little clicker to monitor it or control it. It simply came on and off in accordance with the voice that was coming out of my mouth. And so the projector flickered to life and it began to show pictures. And I had to turn in my seat to see what the audience was looking at. And what I saw was dead bodies. So I saw just the ground. It was just the, the earth. And then I saw dead bodies begin to stack up almost like a claymation animation. And each body was wrapped up in an Indian style blanket. So the specific type of blankets that the Native Americans have always used and woven as part of their culture. I began to see bodies 
rolled up in these blankets or bodies that are rolled up in the material of a teepee. They began to stack up suddenly. And sometimes when the stacks began, became too high of these bodies, I saw bodies falling out. So they would fall out of the blankets. And then I saw Native American men, Native American women, and Native American children, even babies that had been shot through the chest. And I understood that these were the original dwellers of the land of the United States that failed to successfully defend their nation at the coming of the settlers and at the penetration of the settlers as a new breed of people began to take over the land of America. So as the blankets fell off, we could see the bodies and I could see that they had been shot through and then the projector turned off and I turned back to the people. And the next thing that came out of my mouth was America has done many atrocious things. And for this, she will go into the sea. And then I heard the projector go and it came to life and it was flashing images this time of black Americans. And I saw that Africans were chained one to another in the bottoms of ships. And I saw these people vomiting a lot. They were vomiting on themselves. They were vomiting on each other. And they were tearfully speaking a lot of different native dialects. And what I saw was great frustration among them as the slave boats brought them here because of the condition with which they traveled. They were chained up and they were trying to talk to one another in the bottoms of these boats, but they could not, for the most part, understand one another. And they became so greatly frustrated that eventually each person began to talk only to him or herself in his or her language. And I saw that many of these people went absolutely mad during the process of this journey. The projector honed in on the conditions of these ships, and it was beyond, as I said here in the text, it was beyond the filthiness of the filthiest public bathroom that you can ever think of. If you can imagine a public bathroom in New York City where the entire city gets to use it according to whatever they feel is hygiene. And then you also imagine on top of that, that nobody attends that bathroom or cleans it for a very, very long time. Then you would begin to approach an understanding of how the inside of these ships looked that the Lord was showing. And the audience was mute as they watched these scenes until the screen went dark. And before I could say anything, the screen came back on. And this time it showed an assembly line of young people. So I would say young people all the way from the upper teens where they feel that they're grown and they probably are young men and women, all the way down to babies. I saw all of them headed into an incinerator. So if you would imagine a perspective where the incinerator is at the edge of a movie screen and then you see a steel conveyor belt or an assembly line pulling closer toward the viewer, this is how it was. So we were all basically gazing into a conveyor belt rolling into very boiling, roaring fire. And it was feeding all these children into the flames, predominantly babies. So what I saw first was that the young people and the children were aware of where they were headed. So they recognized the fire and they were all tied with rope 
and gagged. And they were struggling and fighting very hard to get free, but they could in no way free themselves. And one by one, as the conveyor belt came to where the incinerator was, these young people, children, fell into the fire. But what I saw mostly was babies in onesies. So these were little babies wearing, you know, the, the, the thing that we call onesies, which is where we put their arms and legs in one outfit and zip it up or button it up. And they were on their backs and they were playing and twiddling their toes and sucking their thumbs. And some of them were big enough. So I saw some of them trying to sit up as babies do. And I saw some of them in that position where, you know, they're on their hands and knees and they're getting ready just like a little car to start crawling. And I saw that some of them were even big enough to babble. So some of them could make little words and some of them were turning the pages of picture books and pointing to the animal and saying the name of the animal and then uh, pointing to another picture and saying the name of that thing. And these were the different types of ages of babies that I saw, and they were absolutely unconcerned about the fire. So they had absolutely no idea or awareness of the fire until they actually fell off the edge of the conveyor belt into the fire. And I saw that with every single body that the fire received, whether it was an adult child, meaning a larger child, 19 or even 20 years old, or 15 or five or seven, or whether it was the babies, the toddlers and the tiny little newborns, I saw that the flames of the fire grew higher and hotter every time someone fell in. And then as the audience was watching this in horrified silence, my mouth opened again and I said, chop down the tree, tear it by the roots, rub its face with ashes, Rachel crying for her children. Now, to those of you who might not be familiar with the phrase Rachel crying for her children, it, it speaks of the time when I think it was during the time of Moses when Herod, who had heard um, that there would be coming a deliverer and Herod sent out a missive basically saying, um, oh no, this was Pharaoh when he saw that the Israelites were growing too strong in the land. He sent out a missive and he basically said that all baby boys under the age of two should be killed. But Moses's mother was wise and she hid her child. And we all know the story of Moses. But at that time, there was a great cry in the area called Rama. And basically it was Israel mourning for all these young baby boys from newborn up to two age that were age two, that were taken and thrown into the river and were consumed by the crocodiles and the other animals that lived there. And so the projector was flipping the pictures faster and faster, and I was seeing the children fall into the fire. And I also began to see interjected with that the faces of Black Americans here in the United States I saw that they were all captured and they were made to line up and made to sit on the sidewalk and put their hands above their heads. And I saw hands come and take ashes and smear the faces of the black Americans with ashes. And I saw them being shot and I saw them being killed and I saw them being made to sit on the sidewalks for questioning and detainment by the police. I saw pictures of people crying when the officers came and knocked on their doors with bad news. 
And I also saw pictures from long ago. I saw them using fire hoses on the black Americans as they did in the 1960s civil rights movement. I saw the dogs being released on these people and they were fleeing every which way. These pictures were in black and white. And I saw pictures of people marching angry and rebelling. And the pictures began to go so fast that eventually they became a blur. And during the time that the images of the black Americans were being shown, the audience was projecting great hatred towards me, Celestial, something that I actually do experience in real life. Whenever I bring this type, this particular topic of prophetic word from the Lord, there's always a lot of backlash and anger and hatred and refusal to accept what the Lord is saying. But that is of no consequence to me because as I always say on this channel, I will be true to the last letter and consonant of what the Lord has given me. And so the projector went off and I sat in silence waiting for the voice to prompt me again. And sure enough, another phrase came and it was in capital letters this time, which is why I wrote it that way on the blog. And the phrase was, America hates the Lord. And then I saw the rainbow light up the projector. I saw the rainbow as it is projected here in the United States and in every single state capital projected on government buildings such as the White House and such as the Empire State Building and other iconic buildings across the country. I saw how the major government buildings are always lit up with the rainbow in support of LGBTQ communities. And then next I saw a lot of men with breast implants and they had taken, some of them had taken off any cover off these breast implants because they were so proud of them. And they were dancing and shaking themselves very proudly on stage and they were dancing burlesque theater. Now, if you know burlesque theater, it's a very risque type of theater where people don't wear much. So the thing with God, and I'm just going to say it, I'm going to say it, how he impresses it upon my heart. It doesn't matter what reality you choose to occupy here on earth. God always shows things from his perspective. And in the perspective of God, there is just no filter. There is just no cover. There is no pretense because the Lord himself is truth. He didn't say, I am the truth, the way, and the life for nothing. He absolutely meant that in the most raw and visceral sense of the words, which means that with God, there can be no cover up. You can be here on earth claiming that you are one thing, or you feel this way, or you're going to carry out body surgery on yourself. So you can finally be what you feel you are, but the Lord always shows these things with no filter. And the way he shows it is that if you are a man, there is absolutely no process. There is nothing that you can do on this earth that will ever make your creator and your father look at you and say, indeed, my son, you have done such a fantastic job of transmogrification. Transmogrification is where you change something so fundamentally at its core that it no longer Longer resembles its original form. Transmogrification is basically when you take a cube of ice and melt it so that it becomes a puddle of water. The last thing that you can say about transmogrified ice is that the substance of it is still water, but an ice cube in no way or form looks like a puddle of water. And so the last thing that you can say about a transmogrified male or a transmogrified female is 
At your fundamental basis, you are human, but you have undertaken changes and shifts that are sometimes so graphic that you look nothing like your original expression as you came from the heart and the mind of God. Understand that we are created in the image of God. We are made in the image of God, male and female, and there is no process that exists under God's son that is able to truthfully transmogrify a female to a male or a male to a female. You may inhabit a reality perhaps in your mind where you think that this is possible and you may have lived your life, the whole of it, under the impression and the feeling that you are caught in a body that is somehow wrongly formed, that somehow in the process of your creation, God stepped away from the conveyor belt for a minute and somebody else came and put your soul in a wrong body. But I want to let you know that there is nothing further from the truth. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the divine expression of God as he conceived you before your parents met. Your physical location and physical self was determined before you even knew that you were a you. Before you were able to speak and say, I am John or I am Susan, God was. He says before Abraham was, I am. God existed before you and you you existed in the heart and the mind of God. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture that I have here from Psalm 139 that really needs to be understood by us. We need to approach this matter with a, a lot more sensitivity that we do than we do. This is an extremely polarizing and extremely political issue in the world today. And yet, if you think about it, since when has something as private and personal as sexuality become a matter that can be politicized, that becomes a matter that you can stamp on posters and walk in the street carrying placards to dispute? You might as well dispute the sun or dispute that water is wet. And so I read from Psalm 139. And David is speaking about the intentionality of God and how God does everything from a position of completeness. Please understand that when God approaches the creation of man and he approaches the creation of all these babies that basically we know are either going to sacrifice, going to murder, going to sexual torture, or going to abortion, these children existed in the mind of God before ever one of their days actually became a physical reality by entering out through the birth canal into the real world. Life does not begin when the doctors pull you out and say, it's a girl or it's a boy. Life begins in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the breath, the pneuma that flows into all living beings of a human creation. God did not put his breath into the hippos and the lions. He only breathed into man. And that is why man is such a separate and a special creation. He alone has what is known as a living soul. So from Psalm 139, I read, For you, God, formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. And I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you 
when I was made in the secret place and when I was skillfully knitted together in the lower parts of the earth. And that is referring to the belly, the insides of a mother. Your eyes saw my substance before it was formed. And in your book, they are all written. The days that were fashioned for me were written when as yet none of them had come to pass. And so God is very intentional in how he created both male and female to be drawn and attracted to one another to form the core of what we will know as family. God did not intend for us to abrogate his divine order and substitute it with political myths or things that can gather us into enclaves that are for or against. I always say that we have one world and we are living on this world as one people. But whenever we begin to tear at the fabric that God has created for man to live, nothing good will come of it. And so the punishments that God has said for these things, for the racism and the ingrained murder of native peoples that either were here at the beginning of America or that were brought here as labor and were murdered systemically, systematically, and there are still stains of these crimes covering and smearing America's own face with ashes for today are not things that we can cast off. Your opinion is not going to change God's assessment of these things because these are eternal matters that America already filled in on the scorecard before this generation was born. And so to try and say, I don't care about these things, or I don't believe these things changes nothing in the realm where the voice is crying out chop down the tree. Your feelings about whether it's fair or not are not being considered because the judgment that is coming against this nation are is completely settled. It will come whether you like it or not, whether you feel ready or not, whether you know about it or not. And so the only choices that are left to you when the immutable things at the higher level have already been settled is only how are you going to approach this? How are you going to settle your heart? How are you going to prepare yourself? And what answers are going to come out of not your mouth, but your inner man when you stand before the Lord with absolutely no covering? And he asks you, who were you? What did you believe? And what did you do with what I said? And so when the, when this voice said, America hates the Lord, I began to see men with breast implants that were dancing in very provocative theater. They were wearing blonde and red wigs and extremely overstated makeup. I even saw men that were dressed up as clergy. So they were dressed up as priests and nuns. They were not actually priests and nuns, but they were dressed up like this for shock value. So they were wearing costumes and they were doing very dramatic poses. They were throwing their heads back and going, Ah, and taking so many selfies, selfies as if towards us, the audience at the, at the TED talk. And, but they were so male. And this goes back to what I was saying that in God's realm, there are no filters. So there are men here who have had the, um, the transmogrifying surgery and there are women and they now look so male, these women that you would not know that they were born women. And these men, especially in Asia where the surgery is top notch, look so female that you would never 
actually know that they were born men. But through God's filter, I saw the hair on these men. I saw their huge limbs and their body proportions. That will never pass for female in a billion years. God was showing me their huge calves and he was showing me their hairy legs and their thighs. And some of them were lifting up their skirts. So And I saw that many of them, God did not even show them the way that they shave maybe three or four times a day to have smooth faces. There was so much beard on these men. And the, they took the pancake makeup, so the foundation or whatever that women wear, they smeared it on their faces. They put eyeshadow and they smeared the makeup on the beards. So the beards were covered with mac number five or mac number 45 whatever the skin tone was so it was a brown beard or a pale beard or a light skin beard caked in foundation and makeup and it was so ludicrous and heartbreaking but they thought that they looked so amazing and the audience was so stunned that not a single person could say anything and at last, the projector clicked off. And I waited for it, and it didn't come back on. And then that bright light from the road, it shone in that building. It shone in the TED Talk. And this time, everybody saw the light. It was so exaggerated. It looked exactly the way it looked in movies when they tell us that Jesus is coming back and the light is so great and piercing that it even pierces through the dark clouds and everything. That light illuminated the TED TED talk and a voice thundered among us. And this time I had no need of saying anything because everyone heard God speaking for himself. And he said, chop down the tree, uproot it from the roots and cast it into the sea. Chop down the tree, pull up the stump from the ground, cast it into the sea and let it be no more. And after that, I woke up from this dream and I'm now making known what the Lord God shown to me. And so I will always say that I do my best. I do my very best to be true to what the Lord shows me, but people get so offended and they get so many things. And I have to tell you that I'm not responsible for your feelings. You never called me and you are not the reason that I am here doing these things. The one who called me will require these things of me. According to Ezekiel 33, I shared in a recent video that the Lord said that his judgment in this nation will proceed according to Ezekiel 33. The only people who will escape, the only people who will receive divine protection and mercy are those who are known by the Lord's name. That means true blue, red-blooded Christians. If you are playing games, if you are playing around, if you are playing church, you can fool everyone all of the time, not even fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool everyone all of the time. But the main actor in this movie, the Lord Jesus Christ, you can never fool him. If you are not born again, if you are not submitted to the spirit of God, and if you are not in the lifestyle of repenting for your sins, you will never fool God and the spirit of God that you belong to him. And you will be shocked to find yourself without cover and without protection in the day of the Lord's judgment for this nation. 
national repentance is required in America. And America has never been moved to national repentance. When you speak of these things in the rare occasions that they are spoken of, people get so offended because here people have this concept of separate sin, individual sin. I didn't sin that sin. I don't commit homosexuality. I didn't commit abortion. I have nothing to do with that. I've never boiled and eaten a child. So why should I be judged? And it's like the concept of national repentance is something that people have never heard before. And yet I'm speaking of national judgment. And the only thing that turns that back is national repentance. And people have absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. And so I just want to share that I have seen this nation submerged exactly as the Lord says it. The judgment that is coming is already set. There will be no bail and no mercy. And as I was mentioning, when you're angry and you're offended, just understand that you are watching the Lord's bailiff here. I am not the judge. If I say these things and I judge of myself, what can happen? Do I have the power to do to this nation the things that the Lord says will, do, will be done here? I do not. I am here with my tablet and I am reading out the things that the Lord has said. And he has said that there will be no band of iron for this nation. The band of iron in the Daniel 4 prophecy is what protected King Nebuchadnezzar and kept him from being destroyed. The band of iron protected the stump so that even though it held the stump fast and it meant that the judgment could not be escaped, the band of iron protected the stump from rot. The band of iron protected the stump from being destroyed. And so after seven years, when his judgment was served, his mind returned to him. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter four, that the Lord returned to him all the glory, all the splendor and all his kingdom that was actually held in curatorship for him. But because there will be no band of iron here, there is no protection. And when the punishment comes, it will be permanent. Pull up the stump by the roots smear it with ashes and cast it into the sea. And so I, the last thing I shared here was a recent vision that I saw, and I've seen it quite a few times, whereas I'm floating above the continent and all of a sudden it just goes, so it drops down the continental shelf, whatever supports these continental shelves in the ocean, I'm not sure what does, it dropped for a little bit. And so for a while, the continent was just shallowly below sea level. So I could still see the vegetation and I could still see the savanna lands and I could still see because it was only shallowly submerged. And this will probably be what we see as flooding. But then all of a sudden, without warning, the shelf gave way totally and America began to go down into the ocean just the way we've seen the Titanic and so many other ships sink in the movies. It sank into the part of the sea where it is black. And then I saw a boat sailing across the place where this continent had sat. And the boat had no idea that that is where America the Great used to sit. There was absolutely no awareness that there had once been an entire continent there. It was gone. And so when I think of these things, I think the most, the most prevalent feeling that I feel besides sorrow is pressure because I know that I'm not reaching as many people as I could be reaching. And I know that only a fraction of people are seeing these videos and 
of that fraction and even smaller fraction is taking it seriously. The majority of people do not take this channel seriously. They do not take the words that I'm sharing here seriously. They're full of opinions. And all I have to say to that is that the Lord told me that I will prophesy for a certain time. So I'm not always going to be here. There are quite a few things that the Lord has spoken to me, many, many future things that I have to do for God. And so I won't always be here with my Bible and my tablet, reading out, remonstrating, pleading, urging, rebuking, correcting, and prophesying the word of the Lord. At a certain time, I will finish even this because in my life, there have been seasons where I was doing other things and you never saw celestial here. In the same way that I came suddenly, I will leave suddenly. And I will leave this library here and on the blog as a testament to the fact that I do indeed hear and see the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bring forth his word exactly as I have received it. Thank you for tuning into the master's voice. You can find everything concerning this prophecy in the drop down menu below. You can find everything about supporting or being a blessing to this ministry below. You can find everything about the master's voice blog below and you can go and read not only this prophetic word but over 320 prophetic words i have put up so far and i am still not done this is the sin series and when i'm done with the sin series whatever comes next the lord will tell me but until i see you again god bless you and goodbye